To Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today we are discussing episode 19 and 20 of The Story of Ming Lan or Zhi Fo, Zhi Fo, Ying Shi Lu Fei Hong Shou. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or else email us at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com if you have any questions. For today's podcast episode, we will do an episode recap and then analyze the characters, discuss some history brought up during the episode, and then close with some book differences. These two episodes, episodes 19 and 20, are almost entirely focused on our male lead character, Gu Tingye. In my eyes, he finally gets some redemption, but at a tremendous cost. These two episodes are also probably my two least favorite episodes in the drama because of how sad everything is. But at least they are two incredibly important episodes because the devious masks finally come off for Gu Tingye's stepmother and his mistress. So, what happens? In the last couple of episodes, we saw that Gu Tingye wanted to propose marriage to the Yu family in order to provide a home for his mistress and two young children. The eldest daughter was married to someone else with the help of our main character, Ming Lan. Uh, the eldest daughter of the Yu family, that is. Now, the opportunity falls to the third daughter. But given Gu Tingye's poor reputation, this doesn't look like the match will be likely. The person who has most to gain or lose, depending on how you think about it, is Man Yang. She is Gu Tingye's mistress. In the last episode, we saw how she isn't as feeble or weak as Gu Tingye thinks she is. She has also bribed one of the maids to make it known to the Yu family that there are two children running around out of wedlock. So that is how we start episode 19. A maid taking care of the two young children accosts one of the Yu family maids and exposes the fact that Gu Tingye has two adorable children. Upon hearing this, the Yu family maid is livid on behalf of the Yu family as this is highly out of decorum or highly out of uh, what is proper. And this instigates the primary conflict in this episode, leading to disastrous consequences. After discovering this little nugget of truth, the Yu family mother heads over to the Gu family. She demands to speak to Gu Tingye's father and stepmother because she doesn't want her daughter to marry Gu Tingye. To be honest, this is not an unreasonable ask. Gu Tingye's reputation is pretty much in the dirt. 
And um, here he has two children with his mistress. Any mother marrying a daughter into this family would take a long, hard look as to what that would mean for said daughter. Gu Tingye's father, the Marquis of Ningyuan, and the Marchioness, stepmother to Gu Tingye, are actually trying their best to ensure the Yu family mother that the mistress and children will not be allowed into the family even after the marriage. What's very interesting here is that the Marchioness does everything she can to try to help Gu Tingye. Gu Tingye is summoned to try to confirm for the Yu family mother that all will be well. But instead, he says that as a man, he would greatly appreciate it if the Yu family will allow his mistress and children to have a place in the Gu family after marrying. In his view, he still thinks his mistress Zhu Manyang is weak. The classic line, which is now somewhat of a meme, literally like everyone spews this out whenever they see the actress for Zhu Manyang, or um, they have similar, uh, there are similar characters in other dramas. They say the meme is, 我那个外事柔弱不能自理, which translates to my mistress is weak and cannot take care of herself. We all know this is not true, but he believes it. And also why it's so funny and a meme. He is even willing to gift three salt farms as compensation to allow this woman and two children to enter into the family. In his mind, and this is where Kathy will get all up in arms that he's such a product of a patriarchal society, he's doing the Yu family a favor. He's gifting these salt farms um, as a way to say, you know what, I'm going to buy the children and his mistress into the family. The Yu mother, though, upon hearing this, is absolutely adamant that she is not going to marry her daughter to Gu Tingye. Why? And her reasoning is actually quite sound. As a woman, I would also be livid if I heard this from Gu Tingye. If Gu Tingye is willing to give up three salt farms worth close to uh, 9,000 liang a year, which means that these three individuals have immense value to Gu Tingye. Before entering the marriage, the balance of power is already established. He will favor this outside mistress and children over the potential wife from the Yu family. Gu Tingye totally did not think of it that way. He has money and power, so he thought that just throwing money at the problem will be enough. He believes that it is his duty to protect his mistress and children at the cost of another woman's happiness. This causes the Yu mother to leave with the Gu stepmother or marchioness running after her. Along with his son, the Marquis is livid at his son's behavior. And he's not particularly wrong. His son had children outside of wedlock and is losing face for the family. But he decides, as he always does, to beat his son for insolence. <sighs> These two just don't know how to talk to each other. Gu Tingye, shedding tears though, tries to reason with his father and to understand exactly what happened with his mother. The challenge is that there are two forces at play here. 
Gu Tingye is full of anger and hate as to how his mother was treated. She was used for her money and essentially tricked into marrying into the Gu family. His father, though, is justifying his actions as a way to protect his family and says that Gu Tingye's maternal grandfather married his daughter, so Gu Tingye's mother, into the Gu family as a way to become an aristocrat in order to escape the label of a merchant. So both sides were very clear on what they were getting, except for perhaps Gu Tingye's mother. It's tough for Gu Tingye to understand what was true and what was false, so he tearfully pleads with his father to tell him the truth. Sadly, though, as they're having this rather emotional discussion, his father spews out blood and falls unconscious. The frantic Gu Tingye rushes out to find his stepmother, who he informs of his father's condition. She instructs him to go seek one of the imperial doctors to care for his father, which he flies off to do without a second thought. And this is where you actually have to feel bad for Gu Tingye. He walked straight into a trap, and it will be too late before he realizes how badly he was tricked by his older brother and his supposedly beloved stepmother. When he tries to come back to the Gu family with imperial doctors, he's blocked at the entrance. The family servants create a wall not letting him in. While he is frantically trying to push these servants away to allow him in, the doctors run off not wanting to be a part of the drama. His older brother, whom will remind everyone hates Gu Tingye, comes out to yell at him. Gu Tingye has no option but to wait in a separate room to hear news of his father's health. But at night, no news arrives for him. When he finally makes it to the main hall, he sees that his father has already passed. Gu Tingye is absolutely distraught at seeing this. To add insult to injury, the lies start piling on. His stepmother claims that she never told them to go seek doctors. He clearly didn't want to come home because of his quarrel with his father. Everything that happened according to his stepmother was Gu Tingye's fault. The rest of the family believes this too and admonish Gu Tingye for killing his father. They hurl insults at him and push him to leave the family. And slowly, through his evil stepmother's wailing, does Gu Tingye finally realize that this was all a plot. To everyone else, she was this kind, understanding, and serene stepmother to Gu Tingye. She did everything for him, but it was in order to make him seem like a flake and to ruin his reputation. She contributed to the worsening relationship between Gu Tingye and his father in order for this day. On this day, because everyone has seen how kind this stepmother has been to Gu Tingye, everyone is willing to believe her over him. What's interesting to me also is that throughout this entire scene, at least in the beginning, when Gu Tingye arrives at his deceased father's bedside, he continues to call his stepmother Mu Qin, which means mother. He doesn't call her anything else. He still calls her Mu Qin, which means that he still believes her. But she is totally 
backstabbing him. I'll be honest, I've been pretty harsh in my criticisms of Gu Tingye. I'll admit it. In this episode, though, it is heartbreaking but also satisfying to see that Gu Tingye finally has his blinds lifted from his eyes. He's able to see at the cost of his dead father that his stepmother is truly evil. She spent years setting him up for this moment so that he can be kicked out of the family. Gu Tingye interrogates his young brother briefly, Gu Tingwei, to see if he was involved. But Gu Tingwei is very clueless about what happened. So clearly, out of everyone in the family, it looks like Tingwei is the only kind-hearted and innocent one in this crazy family of his. Gu Tingye's older brother, also, if you pay attention to him, continues to add insult to injury, is fueling the flames of trying to kick Gu Tingye out. We don't know exactly what um, the deceased father said before he actually died, but the two people who are instigating the calls for kicking Gu Tingye out the most are the evil stepmother and the older brother. A shattered Gu Tingye pays his last respects to his father as the rest of his family, his brother and uncles, all push to kick him out of the family. He has no other choice but to leave in a daze. On the street, the Sheng family brother, Sheng Changbai, finds Gu Tingye. The best friends have a heart-to-heart about what just happened. Gu Tingye believes he killed his father while Changbai recognizes that his stepmother and older brother are to blame. Sheng Changbai reminds Gu Tingye about his other family, which reminds him that he has to at least go home. And that's where we head over to episode 20. If episode 19 was about uncovering Gu Tingye's stepmom's mask, Episode 20 is where Gu Tingye finally sees the truth about Zhu Manyang. After he returns from a night at drinking away his sorrows, he is being tended to by Manyang and his childhood wet nurse, Chang Momo. Chang Momo has seen through Manyang's ways, as did Minglan, and tries to warn Gu Tingye, but he still doesn't think Manyang is lying. At least, Gu Tingye has not told Manyang that he's sitting on a whole lot of money. She just thinks he's a son of a marquee. But they're all aware now that he is being kicked out of the family, so she is quite worried. He also doesn't have much energy to pay attention to Manyang as he falls sick after these events. Who wouldn't fall ill, right? Manyang, believing that he indeed has no more money anymore because he said he's been kicked out, starts stealing all material possessions in the household to pawn for cash. This is caught by Chang Momo, who follows her and garners evidence that Manyang has been selling everything she can get her hands on. Some of the jewelry is even jewelry left behind from Gu Tingye's mother, which is a huge no-no for Gu Tingye. Chang Momo presents this evidence to Gu Tingye, who is finally seeing that it might be the truth. While still a little skeptical, he agrees to follow 
Zhu Manyang to see where she actually goes on her、uh, outings to buy groceries. Sure enough, Gu Tingye sees her meeting with her supposedly deceased brother. She's told Gu Tingye that her brother passed away after stealing all of her material possessions, thus garnering pity from Gu Tingye. Absolutely livid, he decides to set a final trap to confirm Zhu Manyang's true nature. That night, Gu Tingye asks Manyang for some items that he knows she must have already pawned. She admits. To this, and denies lying about anything else. Gu Tingye shows her deeds of various properties he has under his name, which means he's actually still very wealthy. She didn't know about this before. When he tries to burn one of the deeds, Man Yang grabs it and reads it out loud, revealing to him that she lied about not knowing how to read. She once again denies lying about anything else. With no other choice, Gu Tingye brings out her brother. That was the last straw for him, as he finally sees Zhu Manyang's true nature. She only wanted to be with him for money and status. They have a confrontation where she begs him to forgive her, but he has had enough. Gu Tingye tells her, through his tears, that she must leave with her brother and never come back. During the conversation, Gu Tingye reprimands her about her actions for foiling his marriage prospects to the Yu family. For Man Yang, she always wanted to be Gu Tingye's wife, as in Qi, but Gu Tingye never ever thought about marrying Zhu Man Yang for his wife, and that is where you know again, as I've said. There is that discrep- discrepancy between the patriarchal society of how men and women view marriage. Zhu Manyang purposefully spoiled his marriage prospects in order to become a Qi. And originally, after hearing that Gu Tingye's father kicked him out, Gu Tingye would have no prospects. So she tried to find a way to flee and ditch Gu Tingye. In the last scene that they have together in this episode, Man Yang pleads to Gu Tingye to take her back, and I agree with Gu Tingye. It's because she now knows that he still has a lot of money. Man, this woman, pretty uh, pretty intense gold digger here. Well, the next day, Zhu Man Yang does leave, but she took her son as well. The episode ends with Gu Tingye desperately searching for his son. All right, so that was quite the doozy of two episodes. Despite being a jerk in the previous episodes, we, or me particularly, have to really feel for the guy. His beloved stepmother turned out to be evil, and his beloved mistress also turned out to be a gold digger. The only bit of warmth and love Gu Tingye experienced from his whole debacle was from his trusted servant Shi Tou, his wet nurse Chang Momo, and interestingly, Sheng Changbai and Minglan. We didn't touch on this earlier, but there was a scene where Sheng Hong, 
Sheng Changbai and Minglan's father directly tells Changbai that he shouldn't go and be associated with Gu Tingye because it would affect his career prospects. But Sheng Changbai doesn't listen and sneaks out to go see his friend. Minglan actually follows him out, providing him with a basket of food to give to Gu Tingye. Sheng Changbai sees Gu Tingye because he truly views him as friends. Minglan sends food as a way to thank him for helping his mother all those years ago. This hints to how the relationship with the Sheng family will go in the future. Now with the story recap done, let's chat about what happened. The evil stepmother has finally revealed her true self. Gu Tingye's older brother has revealed as well that he was willing to do anything to kick out his younger brother of the family. Why does the stepmother do this? It becomes more clear in like 20 or so episodes, but the stepmother has been planning for years to get rid of Gu Tingye in order to ensure that her own son becomes the next marquis. Gu Tingye is the second son. The older son is very sickly and has no sons, so once he dies, the next person to uh, inherit the title would be, of course, the third son, or this evil stepmother's son. It's really a lamentable situation for Gu Tingye because throughout the drama so far, this stepmother has been a beacon of motherly love. She's kind and thoughtful to Gu Tingye, but all of that was just an act to make his failures seem more radical. The thing is, Gu Tingye was a rascal, but not as big of a rascal as his reputation suggests. Otherwise, he would not have tried so desperately to try to find a, a suitable marriage for his mistress and children. One thing that I thought was very interesting uh, as well as the juxtaposition between when Minglan tried to save her mother and when Gu Tingye tries to save his father. In both instances, Minglan was stopped at her front door by servants who were trying to prevent her from uh, bringing her doctor, bring a doctor to her mother. But at that point, Gu Tingye was able to help her unlock the door, and get the doctor to see her mother, even though uh, her mother ultimately passed. In this episode, or episode 19, we saw kind of the same thing, where there were servants preventing Gu Tingye from entering uh, the home to save his father, but no one was there to help him, and this led to further tragedy and misunderstanding. The next person I want to talk about is, of course, Man Yang. She is your classic gold-digging manipulator. She lied about so many things in order for Gu Tingye to pity her and take her in. Uh, Gu Tingye is just a sucker because he totally did not have any motherly love growing up, so it makes sense that he didn't see through these schemes. Zhu Manyang knew he was wealthy and had status, so she put up this whole act to secure her life. It is unfortunate because I'm assuming she is also very poor, similar to how Lin Xiangyang, someone we haven't talked about in a couple of episodes, um, schemed in order to make sure that she is never poor again. 
Zhu Manyang is doing the same thing. This is her way of moving up in the world. The last scene where she leaves, though, is probably the most despicable. She didn't take her daughter, only her son. That's because she knows her son will be more valuable to the Gu family than her daughter. That's her primary leverage against Gu Tingye. If she took her daughter, uh, I don't think, or she doesn't think Gu Tingye and the Gu family would care. But because she took a son, it's more effective. And it also is effective to show us how little she valued or cared for her daughter, seeing them or her children first and foremost as tools for a better life, not um, individuals she actually loves. Right. I also want to add when Gu Tingye pretends to burn the deed for a storefront, she immediately says, oh my God, why did you burn this? The amount of money this deed could fetch would be enough for us three, me and my kids. No mention of the, the husband or the, other, or the father of the children. For Zhu Manyang, it's about her, not about him. Now, I want to pivot and discuss the relationship between Gu Tingye and his father. The father-son duo would have benefited greatly from family therapy or family counseling. Both very much love each other, but do not know how to express that love. Maybe, again, it's that patriarchal society here. The Marquis has shown us that he does care for his son. He went to ask the Imperial Examiner about why his son didn't place in the exams, and he's sitting through these marriage discussions because he does want his son to get married. He just doesn't know how to express it. And unfortunately, he did have a rather unsavory past in marrying Gu Tingye's mother. I also do think that he is ashamed of what he's done as well. He doesn't want to admit it to his son, but it's very clear that he married uh, Gu Tingye's mother for money and didn't treat her well. So there's no way for him to really look himself in the eye to uh, accept that he may not be a good person as well. In the end, there are two key pieces of information that tells me Gu Tingye's father did care about him. One, we hear that he was calling out for Gu Tingye as he was on his deathbed. Unfortunately, Gu Tingye was not there to listen or see this. And two, Gu Tingye's name was not removed from the family genealogy. Despite all the talk by the brother and the uncles that Gu Tingye should be removed from the family genealogy, during the funeral procession, we find out from Sheng Changbai that Gu Tingye's name was not removed. To me, that only means one thing. Someone explicitly said to not do that. The only person who could have made that decision was the late Marquis. Overall, Gu Tingye and his father had a very unfortunate relationship that was strained by lack of communication and some uh, egging on by certain peoples that we kind of find out who in this episode. And now Gu Tingye has left the Gu family, all according to his stepmother's brilliant, I guess, plan.
Okay, let's talk about some historical analysis. There was not a whole lot to chat about in these two episodes as it is so focused on Gu Tingye, but there was one line that I mentioned earlier that Gu Tingye uttered after understanding his evil stepmother's plan. He says that you are Zheng Bo and I am Gong Shu Duan. This line is in reference to a story that we've actually discussed in one of our previous podcast episodes for Empresses in the Palace. So if you have been listening to our podcast all the way through Empresses in the Palace as well, it's a story that was discussed in episode 28. That's why I love these Chinese dramas is because you learn history and you can apply them from one drama to the next. As a refresher, we'll talk about it here, is that the story is about or named Zheng Bo Ke Duan Yu Yan, which translates to Duke Zhuang of Zheng defeats his brother Duan at Yan, which comes from Zuo Zhuan or the commentary of Zuo. And this story is a very apt description of what happened to Gu Tingye. The uh, commentary of Zuo, or the story, originates from the spring and autumn period um, published in the 4th century BC. The story goes like this. When the Duke Zhuang of Zheng was born, his mother had a difficult birth with him, so the Duke was not favored. Instead, his mother favored his younger brother, Duan. As such, his mother continuously plotted for her younger son, Duan, to seize the throne over his older brother. Which is crazy, like, you favor one son so much more than the other that you're willing to pit them against each other? Talk about terrible parenting. Despite all this, the Duke Zhuang ascended the dukedom after the death of his father. His mother requested a fiefdom for Duan, the younger brother, to which the Duke reluctantly agreed. All of his courtiers were skeptical of this request, but the Duke waves away their concerns. The Duke continues to indulge his younger brother with his heart's desire. After arriving at the fiefdom, Duan immediately began stockpiling weapons and fortifying his uh, fortress. As news of all of this activity reached the Duke or the older brother and his courtiers, Everyone begged this duke to take precautions against the, um, the younger brother. The duke does not, the older brother does not, stating that there's no proof of this planned rebellion. After a short while, the duke is called away for business to another state. Seizing this opportunity, the mother quickly sends a message to the younger brother, Duan, ordering him to invade the capital. She'll open the gates for him. The younger brother, Duan, successfully invades the city, but the older brother was completely prepared for him. He orders his ministers to attack the city, and the people of the capital city also revolt against this younger brother. With nowhere to go, the younger brother, Duan, retreats to the city of Yan. The older brother has a final confrontation uh, with his younger brother, Duan, in the city of Yan. Defeated and humiliated, Duan flees to the nearby state of Gong, hence why he's called Gong Shu Duan. The main lesson here is that the older brother, Zheng, just let his younger brother and 
his mother continue on with their schemes and indulge them in order to lure them into a false sense of security and into a trap. The Duke, however, was always aware of their plots. He indulged his brother until everything erupted, uh, and it was easy to destroy them in one fell swoop. Here, Gu Tingye believes himself to be Gong Shuduan, and in this instance, he is. He's defeated because his stepmother is the equivalent to the older brother of uh, older Duke. His stepmother indulged him in everything only to set a trap for him and defeat him. The next poem that I want to discuss is the poem that Gu Tingye and Sheng Changbai quote when they're out in the woods lamenting Gu Tingye's father's death. The poem goes like this. The poem doesn't have a title, and it was written by Cao Pi, the first emperor of the state of Cao Wei during the Three Kingdoms period in China. So this is around the late 2nd century to early 3rd century AD. The poem mainly depicts a hunt. Here's my rough translation. The carriage leaves the palace. The hunt takes place near the Eastern River. The traps are set for the rabbits. The bird nets are cast in the sky like clouds. The bow is drawn, and with a sudden gallop, the arrow strikes two hornless deer. Gu Tingye recites this poem as a final realization that everything that has happened to him was nothing more than a finely laid trap set by his stepmother. Well, Sheng Changbai also helps him realize this too. He walked right into this trap without any suspicion. Finally, at his father's deathbed, his stepmother shot the arrow and stepped in for the kill to kick Gu Tingye out of the family. Poor guy. Man, this sucks. <laughs> I do not want to be in his shoes. And again, what kind of family is this? We'll conclude with some book uh, similarities and differences. There's actually not much to say um, because the events are only recounted later in the book and not experienced firsthand. Like we said earlier in the previous episodes, Gu Tingye and Sheng Changbai don't really have much of interactions during these episodes as well. But it's good to highlight kind of how the Sheng family and how the Gu family are still interacting here. In the book, we only hear about these sad events uh, later in the episode or later in the story recounted by Gu Tingye himself or by other characters in the book. Well, that is it for our podcast discussion of episode 19 and 20 of the story of Minglan. I know Kathy has been super harsh on Gu Tingye in the last couple of uh, episodes. I mean, she's just nonstop ranting about him. But uh, here is where he begins his redemption arc, at least in my eyes. Unfortunately, like we mentioned, at a terrible cost. His world came crashing down on him. We'll see how he survives this. What do you think? 
How do you feel about everything that's happened? Uh, were you surprised by his stepmother um, and her behavior? Any other surprises that you felt in this episode? Let us know. Thank you all so much for listening. We will catch you in the next episode, which is going to be uh, much lighter. Thank you.